0: actually getting the message, um share a couple of things that, that's on my mind. Uh yesterday we had the opportunity to go to Mendota Baptist Church and as you saw in the video up there I asked David, I said, Couldn't you found at least one picture of me uh you know doing something like work but <laughs> but anyway, it, it was a good time and what was touching to me was um the pastor's wife and in the house they live there was actually at one point there was um, water coming into their bedroom. And and another brother was able to go there and and to patch that main leak. But we, you know, had the opportunity to minister to them in that parsonage as well as do that work on the church. But anyway, the pastor's wife came to me and she said, you know, we just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary and I can't think of a nicer present than you guys coming out here. And um, so, you know, and then I also uh, had a text this morning from Jerry and Cynthia Hagee. They said, we won't be here this morning. Our 18-year-old granddaughter is headed off to college. We're going to go help her as she moves in. And I want to talk to her about staying close to Jesus in a new place. And I want her to know that I'm praying for her and that it is so important to keep your faith. So she asked us to pray for them she's wanting to, want to talk to her of course and then i got one more uh text from uh Marion richard who said it, it, we're not feeling great so we won't be here this morning and she said the thing i hate most about it is that we brought two little girls last week and they were real excited and wanted to come again this week so you know pray for us pray for that so you know The title of this message is The Availability of Jesus. And Jesus is working all around us. And we don't know everywhere Jesus is working. A lot of times, we miss where Jesus is working right under our nose. As he works among us. So, with that in mind, uh, Mark 2, 1 through 17. I'm going to read the first two verses this morning. But I'm going to ask if you will stand in our awesome God's honor. As I read aloud the text. A few days later. When Jesus again entered Capernaum. The people heard that he had come home. So many gathered there. That there was no room left. Not even outside the door. And he preached the word. To them. Let's pray. God we thank you. That hurting people showed up and you didn't reject, you didn't turn them away. But you and Jesus Christ, you're available. And Lord, you still are available, Lord. We thank you for that. And Father, as we look at your word, um speak to our hearts, Lord. Like like that hymn that we sang, speak, oh Lord. Father, we need to hear from you we're desperate lord and so father uh, just continue to move in this place lord in this service thank you for being here in christ's name we pray amen okay last week jesus christ was in the synagogue and he was preaching today we find him in a different location we find him, as it tells us in Mark chapter 2 here, the people heard that he had come home. Well, you know, first of all, came to my mind as I looked at this text was, you know, it said that the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. You know, he, he had no home to speak of. He didn't own a house. So what is it speaking of here? Well, when it talks about home, this is a base of ministry operations, This is a place where Jesus was able to serve and to teach and to advance forward what he came to do, what he came to preach. And what we find is that uh, in that culture, they often had a tradition of keeping, they would open the door in the mornings and that would be an invitation to those nearby come over to come in and so there is a picture here that the home this home this door was open and that people were nearby could come to a home where jesus was you know I, i've been thinking all week it's it's kind of funny how god works he he said on my mind i guess as i prepared this i thought of that old hymn no not one and of course, I only knew the first line of the song. So all I would go around singing was that first line, you know. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Well, that's all I knew. So, you know, I did that all week. I'd go around. And, I'd say, and finally, I got smart enough last night. I said, maybe the Lord wants me to look up the rest of the song. So I just want to share with you the last song because I thought, man, this is so true. The availability of Jesus, the presence of Jesus who's always around us. Listen to the, these great words. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus no not one no friend like him is so high and holy no not one no not one and yet no friend is so meek and lowly no not one there's not an hour that he is not near us no not one (laughs) amen no night so dark but his love can cheer us no not one did ever a saint find this friend forsake him No, not one. No, not one. Or sinner find that he would not take him? No, not one. Will he refuse us a home in heaven? No, not one. No, not one. This is Jesus. And, And as these people found out Jesus was in this home, Jesus didn't have the door closed. It was open. And it made me think of Proverbs eighteen twenty four, which is our closing verse together. It says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and that friend is Jesus Christ. So think about it. The door is open. This place is full. There's so many people in this home. There are people who desperately want to get through the door, but there is simply no room left to enter the home. And as these people are are poured in together, Jesus never says, Hey, hey, wait a minute, there's no room in here. What are you guys doing? Back away. I need my personal space. You know, when people of power or people of authority or people who are famous, it is tough to get a meeting with them. It is tough to talk with them. It It is tough to make an appointment. Uh, I remember it's been a number of years ago now, a different representative we have now, but I had an issue and I tried to get a hold of my representative and I couldn't get a hold of my representative. I tried to call, tried to make an appointment, tried to get... Man, it was tough. But let me tell you, it's so beautiful here. People are pouring in because they're hurting and they want to be around Jesus to find comfort, to find relief. And Jesus doesn't push them away. Jesus doesn't reject them. But he is happy they're there. And so in his teaching, Jesus is available to everyone. But not only in his teaching, not only in his preaching, but in his healing. Look look at this in verses 3 and 4. Such a beautiful, familiar story to us. It tells us in the word that some men came bringing him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. There's no room left to enter through that door or to get close to Jesus through that way, so they made a new way. And why was that? Because they loved their friend. And something so wonderful, he had no way. Even if he wanted to go through the door, the guy couldn't walk. He was a paralytic. He was on a mat. And so his friends loved him so much, they went to the extreme of climbing up on this roof, which was not an easy task because it was a roof that probably had grass growing over it because in this type of roof, they would uh, they had three they had beams that were about three feet long, all the way, acro- you know, that would be across, and then they would place within there brush and mud, and often there would be grass that would grow on top of it, and these friends were digging through that roof in order to make a space big enough to lower their dear friend to Jesus Christ. And you would think that Jesus, there's no record of this would say something like what are you guys doing are you nuts these guys are allowing me to use this house for my ministry you can't do this to the house but jesus focus wasn't on the house it was on this guy that was being lowered this paralytic that is what jesus saw not the house and also in that culture is you had, you had teachers of the law. You had these you know important people there. And in their thinking, to see a sick man means it was a person with a sick heart. In other words, if this person is a paralytic, it must be because he's a sinner. He's a bad guy. He shouldn't even be in this house. Jesus never said a word about the condition spiritually of this man and or refused uh, the entrance of this man in the house. Matter of fact, as you look in the scripture here, look at Jesus' response, verse 5. He says, when Jesus saw their faith, his friends and the man, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. First thing he says to him, he, he calls him son, and it's a word that that means a little child. You know, this was a guy. I'm sure he was frightened. I mean, he didn't have control over his body as a paralytic. It, possibly he's being lowered down through the roof. He could fall off that mat. <laughs> he he was helpless in what he could bring. He he was a, he was afraid. I'm sure, you know, uh, made me think about fear. When I was a little kid, because, you know, you you use that word little child, uh, at our home, we had a carport next to the house, and there were all kinds of interesting things that had been stored in that carport. And at night, especially, there would be strange noises. Sometimes I would hear coming out of that carport. So I had convinced myself that the boogeyman lived in that carport. But also, as a curious eh, five, six year old, probably about Atticus's age, I thought to myself, I gotta see the boogeyman. So I got my flashlight, I headed outside, and honestly, all I think I could hear was my heartbeat boom, 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 you know around the corner got my flashlight going and 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 look here's the other thing Atticus gets this natural when I was a little kid I was convinced I had superpowers you know what I mean you know and so I thought kid flash I thought you know the boogeyman might be a bad dude but I'm a fast one especially when I'm afraid and it'll be okay so anyway I got my flashlight and I'm looking in there and I don't know I think now as an adult, and I can look at this more rationally, I think probably it was a cat or something in there, but boxes fell, and I just knew, he's after me, he's hungry, you know? I look like good food, and, and, but man, I was quick. I was whew, I zipped back in that house. I locked that door, made sure it was tight. My heart's still pounding, and I thought, whew, I'm alive, you know? But that was a serious kind of fear. How much fear did this guy have but he had a hope he didn't want to stay in this condition his whole life he had heard about jesus and he thought maybe just maybe he'll be available maybe he'll see me maybe he'll really see me maybe he'll touch me and maybe i'll be healed just maybe So as he approaches Jesus, I I love that response that Jesus gives to him as he says to him, Son, your sins, your sins are forgiven. Man, he could have just said, you're healed. But he said, your sins are forgiven. So what is he saying to him? He said, my child, you are healed in every way. Your body is broken, but now it's not. Your spirit, broken, but now it's not. All these people that are thinking, well, he's a sinner. Well, they're right, but guess what? Those sins are not what's going to condemn you. It's not what is going to keep you helpless because I'm here. Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the availability of Jesus ultimately makes the difference. Jesus available to those who needed healing. Third, Jesus is available to his critics. Look uh, at the first part of verse 8 in our text. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and walk. So Jesus was available to his critics. Jesus could have, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, trying to make some powerful explanation of what occurred here. But basically, Jesus said to them, Okay, here is the logical thinking from you guys. No one can be healed unless they are forgiven because their sickness is a result of their sin and only God can forgive sin. Okay, the paralyzed man was healed. So Jesus, Jesus forgave his sin. He's healed. And so logically, what does that mean? Jesus is God. That was the clear-cut argument that he made before his critics. And and look at the response of the people that we find in verse 12 of our text. The guy got up, he took his mat, he walked out in full view of them all. I love that. This is what you thought. This is what Jesus knows. Now what you know, guys. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. availability of Jesus and you know what guys human hearts still need that today we need to see what comes from nowhere else Jesus we need Jesus we we need to see Jesus among us we have our hurts we have our types of diseases, whether they're diseases of the body or diseases of the mind or d- diseases that are spiritual. We have diseases, and we need to be healed. And it, there are people who are, are critics uh, of God and people who want to try to explain how that could not possibly be God. In the meantime, Jesus just wants to heal. He just wants to restore. He just wants to encounter people who are broken. It's Jesus. He's available. Now, I want you to see how he's available to the outcasts. Look here, uh, verse 13, first part of 14. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, people hate the tax collector's. And basically the type of tax collector that Levi or Matthew represented was the kind of guy who was ready to tax everything. I mean, you catch a fish, here he comes by. I want my tax money, I want my tax money. Or anything that they are able to gain, you know, and not just uh, the money from the work. I want my tax money, I want my tax money. So obviously nobody like that guy. I mean, that's not hard to figure out. I mean, it hurts me to look around and see stuff go up. It's being taxed again. I'm complaining and griping. But, man, this, this was even worse in that case. And, and so people are thinking, man, this guy's low-life. This guy, he's a traitor to the nation. He's a traitor to his own people. And he's just scum. And, you know, that's what people are thinking. Well, what does Jesus do? Look at verse 14. Does Jesus say, yeah, you're a lowlife? No! I love this. <laughs> it says, as they walked along, Jesus said to him, follow me. Can you imagine those Pharisees saying, what? Him? Follow. Follow anybody. <laughs> I'm sure that caused quite a stir. But Jesus saw what everybody else missed. He really saw Matthew. He really saw Levi. Available to a needy world, our Jesus. Going on, verse 15. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, were. uh, for there were many who followed him. Uh, Verse 16. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? You know, because it's interesting. uh, uh, We've been watching The Chosen and referring to this great. And you've got Matthew and, and you see this one tax collector, Matthew, but we forget that he wasn't the only tax collector. Jesus shows up at Matthew's house and I'm convinced this is Matthew's resignation speech and he's invited Jesus over there to you know, bring the main message and, and he's going to quit this job he's got that everybody hates. But he's not alone. The room is filled with these outcasts. The room is filled with this scum that nobody wants to be near because they're traitors and Jesus is eating with them. They are comfortable around Jesus. And and here's the thing that is so amazing to me, and, and what I think so many people are not able to see, and it breaks my heart, is somehow there are people that are afraid of Jesus, there are people that think that Jesus doesn't care about them, that Jesus is constantly looking to zap them, but the truth of the matter is, this is the lowest of the low, and Jesus is sitting among them, and they are comfortable with Jesus. Why? Because they know Jesus loves them. They are there, they just know Jesus was there with the outcast. Um, I heard a story from a preacher of old, Hugh Redwood uh, from England. He talked about in the old part of London, there was a lady there uh, back in the day, um, she was living with a Chinese man she was an English woman and they had a baby and this baby was referred to in that day as a half-breed and people looked at them with a lot of prejudice. She managed to get involved in a Bible study in the area and Jesus began to change her. But the problem was after a number of those Bible studies the vicar, the church leader came to her and said uh Ma'am, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to quit coming to this Bible study. And she was perplexed. What? Why? And he said, Well, if you keep coming, we're going to lose a lot of ladies who come to our church. And, and we need those people to come. And I love her response. Listen to this. She said, I know I'm a sinner. You're right I know I'm a sinner but where can a sinner go man I pray a sinner can come here well, somebody walks in here well they're not our kind of people what's that mean you know I heard, heard a old story years ago I heard where there was a little black boy came to a church white church and uh he wanted to join the church and came up joined the church and, and the pastor didn't talk about it and didn't talk about it and talk about it so finally went back to pastor i know i'm praying about it i'm thinking about it we'll talk about it later and this went on for a little bit and this little boy he finally he just quit going to church quit worrying about it So that guy kind of bumped into him and said, I had not heard from you, son. I had not seen you lately. He said, I missed you. He said, why would you quit coming to church? He said, well, I talked to God about it. God said, "Uh, my child, don't worry about it. He said, I've been trying to get in that church for years and they won't let me in either. (laughs) God forbid, may we not be a place that says no to sinners, but rather a place that says, man, We know someone here who meets with sinners. And although we are sinners, he has made us clean. And he's available. He's still available for us. Okay, a little bit of application here uh, briefly. First, man, Jesus is still available for sinners. Even those uh, church leaders who were so convinced they were sick, so therefore they were not sinners because we're healthy, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Man, the Bible makes it clear we're all sinners. We are all broken. And that is why God sent his son to go to Calvary to die on a cross. It was for our sin. And thanks be to God, he didn't stay in that old tomb. That he came back to life. The resurrection sure evidence that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was received by the Father and that true justice was met at Calvary when Jesus took the punishment meant for you and for me. That is the good news. And that is to be shared with sinners. So may this be a place where sinners are welcome. I don't care what the past is. Jesus wants us to have a bright new future. And if they're not welcome to come here, where are they welcome? Where can a sinner go? So, you know, the invitation, that's what's about. um, If you're wondering, where where can I go? To Jesus. And we as a people want to say, you're welcome here. Secondly, Jesus Christ is available to others When his people are willing to serve him, Jesus Christ is available to others. You know, it's interesting as you look through this passage of Scripture, there are people who are not mentioned. Someone owned that house where Jesus preached, where Jesus taught, where the crowds came. We don't know the name of that person. Thank God for that person because we would not have this account in this way if it wasn't for a person who loaned his or her house to jesus thank god for that person thank god for the friends of the paralytic who said we love this guy and his hope is jesus and so we're going to do whatever we have to do it may be extreme but we're going to do it to take jesus down there (laughs) get him through that roof and thank god for whoever patched that roof because I believe there was some people out there that said, you know, we got a problem here. So we got to fix this roof. And so praise God for those of you guys. Uh, I know I didn't climb up on that roof yesterday, but you guys, <laughs> Robert, and some of you other guys climbed up on the roof. And uh, Ken, anyway, I won't go through everybody's name. But thank God for those who see a need and meet it. Someone has said love is meeting needs. Thank God for those that fixed that roof. Uh, and thank God for those who just cleaned up the mess. You know, think about it. Somebody had to fix that food. And it might have been easy to think well, you know, that group of people, uh, what do they deserve? But anyway, somebody cooked that food and somebody cleaned up the mess afterward that was left. Humble servants who work behind the scenes, who do not need to constantly be pampered and be given a lot of attention, but just simply love Jesus and love people. That's what happens when Jesus is there. That's what happens when Jesus is available. We were winding down yesterday with that work over in mendota and and by the way i didn't mention i thought it was kind of cool that today uh, you know the different churches are paired up to pray for each other and i don't think it's an accident or coincidence i like to say god incidents i think it's a god incidence that we're matched up with mendota today and i got the joy to you know pray with joe the pastor yesterday and just say you know hey we're praying for so, anyway, grateful, grateful for that, uh, grateful for that opportunity. Anyway, we got near. We were uh, waiting uh, to be able to be at a place where we could come back home. And uh, several of us were sitting on the porch of the house, as the house was uh, near done or about done. And and uh, several of us were down there talking. And one of the guys, man, he was a worker and a half. At one point, he was so tired on that roof, he was almost done. He just laid down flat in a place he could lay down on that roof because he was so tired, and he said, I heard him say, Dear God, give me the strength I need to finish this thing. (laughs) And so anyway, he came down. That same guy came down just a little bit later, and he told us a story. He said, uh, A few years ago, my wife was deathly ill. And I took her to the hospital, and the guys at the hospital, um, the doctor prescribed that she go home with some medication, take it, and, you know, that would work. Well, she did that, but she was still deathly ill. So she came back again to the ER. Her husband brought her back, told the same thing, went home, still deathly ill. And, and Mark, this guy's name Mark. He said, "You know, I was losing my life." He said, "So we went back to the ER again." Doctor said the same thing. And he said, "No, I didn't cuss." But he said, "I got strong." And he said, "I, I, I said, no. My wife is dying." And no, we're not going home with this medicine and doing this same thing again. You're going to release her. We're going to another hospital and it will be with your blessing or without your blessing, but she will not stay here again. Well, that doctor got mad. They're going back and forth with words. And he says, I don't really care. We are not going to do that again because my wife is dying and I will not lose my wife this way. So finally, against the can send the doctor the doctor said well you know i don't i don't like this but i'll go ahead and do it and he's like i'm not really care what you like you know so anyway they got in this brush so they ended up coming to bristol hospital from another hospital and he came in the door w- with her you know and he said i was mad at god god where are you god what is going on and then he comes in, he meets some different people, finds out there's Christians all around him. But, but the one story I want to share with you is kind of neat. He said, uh, this one guy, I can't remember, maybe it was the anesthesiologist, but one of the people working, he says, I'm a Christian, can I pray with you? He said, I'm thinking, oh great, it's going to be one of those nammy banny little prayers. He said, this guy, he took off his, you know, uh, some of his gear to be more personable. He got on his knees, he held his hand, he held his wife's hand, and he said, and he began, I mean, praying. None of this little nanny Bammy. I mean, he started going before the throne of God, and he started interceding. He said, in other words, Jesus was there. And she survived. She's still alive. Uh, The the doctor that came in there was able to... um, catch the cancer she he had third she had third um level colon cancer Her brain's going dead here but anyway she was able to survive with the proper treatment god god showed up and you know it was interesting because mark was sharing with us and he said you know i thought god where are you he said then this guy starts really praying that god's right here you know <laughs> he was there the whole time so so let me tell you guys something when you feel like, where's God? Where's God in my life? Where's God in my church? Where is God in my community? Is Jesus still available? Hey, hey, let me tell you something. Jesus is available with a grandmother who is going off today with her 17-year-old granddaughter and saying, Jesus will be available to you at this new place. Jesus is available with a Mary and Richard, as they're thinking about these little girls that they want to bring to church so that these little girls will see that Jesus is available. Where is, where is Jesus? Jesus was with a bunch of guys that showed up yesterday to work on a roof of an elderly couple who are seeking to serve Jesus. That's where Jesus is. Where is Jesus? Jesus is where his people are serving him. So guys, the challenge is, let's serve Jesus. And let's remember that as we do that, it is not in our own strength, and we are not alone, and he invites us to run to him because Jesus is available for us, and Jesus is available to work through us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for another opportunity, Father, to worship today with you. God, sometimes we feel like, where is God You're right here, available. So, Father, may we come to you, an altar that's open, Lord, to pray to find Jesus available to a cross where there are names of those who need the available one. Maybe we need to add a name. Maybe we need to take a name off because you showed up, Lord. Father, uh We pray that you be among us today, that we respond to your call as you speak. And Lord, thank you that we are not alone this morning. In Christ's name we pray, amen.